For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoni with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe on this week's show? Former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I not only break down Bill's game and preview the upcoming tilt against the Broncos, but we get a little, little bit into the weeds of things of how the Chiefs have reshuffled the offensive line and now uh, brought in running back Le'Veon Bell. Joe, so I was watching the Bills game on Monday night. We saw a number 73 in there on the offensive line in the starting lineup. Can't tell you how many texts I've got uh, gotten <laughs> over the last couple of days. Like, hey, did you come out of retirement? I know the Chiefs were, you know, a little banged up in, you know, you know, in the stage of what I call the stage of the bizarre, which is 2020, right? Uh, yeah, that would be the most bizarre thing if I were to end up back out on the field. Um, but every time they see people see that 73, they always, you know, send me a text. But Nick Allegretti, my hat's off to him, man. He, you know, he really stepped up. He played really, really well. I mean, he's got – he proved in that game that, you know, not that one game proves, you know, someone's career, but he, he definitely showed everybody why he's in the league and that he's going to have a nice long career – uh, establishing himself in that game, what he was able to do, put really pushing some people around. That was the thing I noticed the most, is that offensive line group that they had in there moved the line of scrimmage. I mean, they just, you know, they had all the things working for them, um, you know, as it relates to, to getting that push up front uh, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But, man, they that's what they did most. And that's what – when I look back on the game, that's what they did. They they just consistently move the whole line of scrimmage all at once. And once you do that for somebody who's as crafty as Clyde, uh, you know, it obviously it's going to work. Yes, the most rushing attempts uh, during Andy Reid's tenure in Kansas City, it, it tied the most attempts he's ever had uh, back in his uh, Philly days and Edwards Hilaire with a career day as well. Um, so, Joe, do you, do you see it as kind of like 50-50? Was this – more the offensive line clearing holes, or was it Edwards Hilaire, who is very, who is like he should be effusive in his, his praise in the press conference? He said, You know, it was easy for me. It was like the Red Sea opening those rushing lanes. But who, you know, is it a 50 50 thing, or who do you credit for uh, this great rushing performance? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to just take the easy road and, and call it a 50-50, but, you know, a good running game is a combination of both, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to have you have to have a core group of linemen that can cover up linebackers, can you know, make the push on the line of scrimmage with the first initial double team, get to the, what we call the next level, right? So when you watch the offensive line play, you watch – they double team and they call it's called getting to the next level, right? So getting to the linebacker level and covering people up. No one in the NFL just completely dominates anybody physically anymore. It's all about scheme. It's all about double teams and getting, 
you know, covering people up. And that's when you get somebody like uh, Clyde Wardellaire, who has the ability to read, be patient, see the holes as they're developing, use that push to his advantage, and, you know, really just grind it out and hope that, you know, you can turn those classic four to five yard gains that you might get into 10 and 15 yard gains if you know if you can stay on your feet and that's what somebody like you know ch ceh does that's what i'm gonna start calling ceh uh you know that's the kind of thing he does he he when he gets to the next level he's going to get a little bit more he's not going to just be you know four yards in a cloud of dust like we used to be back in the 90s when you know christian would just mash it up in there mm-hmm. and and just smash into the back of all of his offensive linemen. like i've, I've told told you know told you on other podcasts we used to wear christian pads on the back of our arms because he would just run right into you uh whether you were in his way or not and um so i think i think i think it is i mean again not to take the easy way out yet but it is a 50 50 proposition when you get the offensive line playing that well together and gelling uh and i know we'll talk a little bit more about the shuffling uh, and you get somebody like a clyde edwards hilaire who can use that to his advantage and get to the next level and, and get a little bit more and you know, that extra two yards per carry, you know, starts adding up. And that's why their time of possession was, you know, they just destroyed the Bills in time of possession. Great stuff about the Christian pads. And, yes, we will dig in a little bit deeper on how the offensive line uh, reshuffled. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They've got all the odds. They actually have – the Chiefs' odds for the next couple games here, and the Chiefs are listed as 10.5-point favorites right now over the Denver Broncos. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Joe, the reshuffling of the offensive line was really crazy. I mean, the previous game, Osemele, who had been playing really well, uh, tore tendons in both his knees. Mm. I, I hope I'm wrong, um, but I, I really worry this is a career-ending thing with both knees. He's getting up there. He, he's a veteran guy. Um, so then he was uh, out, out at, at guard and Mike Remmers uh, was on, was in for him. And then Mitchell Schwartz had back spasms and he was out. So Remmers then moves to his spot. Um, and Nick Allegretti, as we mentioned, number 73 comes in at guard. And then the last thing that's interesting to actually start off the game, um, Daniel Kilgore started center. Uh, Andy Reid told, everyone afterwards that you know Ryder had a bulky knee uh, and that was the reason but boy I was impressed with Kilgore who has a lot of experience he's started a lot of games for the Dolphins um, Mm -hmm. previously and even before that for the 49ers so my question to you Joe it is Kilgore the better option I almost it might it remind me a little bit maybe of Stefan Wisniewski, a guy they, that Brad Veach really definitely signed last year, uh, really solidified the offensive line in the postseason. So Kilgore versus Ryder, what do you see? I, I, think, I think Kilgore is a little bit more powerful at the point of attack. Uh, I think you know, when you're going against these massive you know, defensive tackles right? that you're seeing, they're just 
freaks of nature, right? They're, they're big, they're fast, they're quick. Uh, you know, the Aaron Donalds of the world, he's a prime example, right? Um, Chris Jones is of the world. They're, they're prime examples of how hard it is to block. I just think, I think what we saw out of Kilgore in this game was that he, he just seemed to be a little bit more uh, impactful at the point of attack. The, the nice thing about playing center and, and my center friends, and I, and I played a lot of center, my center friends will, will get mad at me for saying this, but you know, your, your, your center has to be that stout player that just can't, you can't give up the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And because in the passing game, you've got bumpers on the side all the time. And we've talked about that in the past. So you can hide a little bit uh, at center from a pass protection uh, skill uh, point of view, but you can't hide when you've got nose tackles and defensive tackles that are just pinning their ears back and just wanting to blow you up and try to get to the quarterback as fast as they can. And I think Kilgore just seemed to bring that a little bit more in this game. Um, you know, the thing about this offensive line is it is made up of a lot of veterans, right? We talked about the Remmers pickup in the offseason. And I'll tell you, you know, to go out, to be able to shift out like that and, and play tackle on, on a drop of a dime like that, that's, that's pretty amazing. And to hold your own and to do really well. That's why you have to have – you can't sacrifice veteran leadership on the offensive line. You can't do it. You've got to go in, spend the cap money, because that can, those can be game breakers, right? And those can be real issues when a Mitchell Schwartz gets back spasms. You know, let's say that it is Ryder's knee, and, and that's what kept him out. You've got to have people that can step up and play. Imagine if that game – that game could have easily looked like the Philadelphia Eagles game. And, and not to, you know, not speaking just because it's my hometown team where, where I grew up, but if anybody is listening, watched any of the Eagles and how things have transpired for them, Carson Wentz is getting killed right now because they do not have veteran leadership backing up. Jason Kelsey, who's Travis's brother, obviously is the starting center. He and he and, um, um, uh, Carson Wentz are the only two starters left who started the season, you know, six games ago. And their offensive line is decimated and it's showing big time. I mean, they, they are just getting, they're getting hammered and Carson Wentz is getting hammered. So I use that, I use that story to make a point that Andy Reid was, and, and Brett Veach and Eric Bieniemy as offensive minds and GM were not going to let that, ha- you could tell they were not going to let that happen to this team because while you might lose a little bit in in talent when, you know, a Mitchell Schwartz goes down, obviously he's an Iron Man, an all pro caliber player. You know, we haven't we haven't seen it degrade to the point where Patrick Mahomes is scared and they're scared for his life the way they are in like a Philadelphia, if you're to use that, you know, analogy. So, you know, that's a long winded answer, uh, you know, Jeff, to to a pretty easy question is, you know, they put the money into it. You know, Kissemi, they had him going. They've got, you know, Kilgore, you know, you know, Nick obviously is is the younger of the of the crew, but you have to have some young guy. You can't it can't be all veterans, right? right? You got to groom some young talent. And I think they've done a perfect job. Her, it, it, given the fact that you're you're you guys are dropping, LDT sits out, right? I mean, right, right. We didn't even mention that. Yeah. They 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 have really really solidified that offensive line, and and it's it's really showing because. I'm telling you, the the eight or nine guys that they have on the roster can start anywhere, anywhere, any other team they could all start on. And that's really saying something. And a lot of teams, Jeff, as you know, don't always make that investment up front. 
You know, that's interesting. And what's amazing for that depth is they did that despite extending Mahomes, despite extending Chris Jones, mm-hmm. a great cap management by the, the Chiefs. So, Joe, do you explain it then by just quality depth? Because, you know, I looked at it, and against the Raiders, the offensive line probably had their worst game. The mm-hmm. Raiders weren't blitzing, but they were still pressuring Mahomes. They, they bottled up the run. And then I'm looking at this, I'm like, God, once Schwartz goes out, they're down three linemen. Like, after that game – is the, the depth explain that, or do you think the team is just a winning team that was just so motivated after having a bit of an off game the, uh, the previous week or just some other reason for why they were so good against the Bills? No, that's a great question, Jeff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all the credit to management and coaching on this one. Um, not that the players aren't the one out there, you know, getting their heads slapped around. Um, but the, the, I'm going to give the credit to the management and the coaching staff for building a a, a really solid group up front that, you know, we're going to keep using this word again, depth has the depth to be successful. I, I, I think that's, if it's not 75% of, if it's not 90% of it, it's 75% of it is, is attributed to the fact that they have solid players across the whole line who can play multiple positions, who, who can play there. They just didn't, they made the effort to not let, anybody just be a stopgap player on the offensive line and it's showing now you know knock on wood everybody's got to continue to stay healthy we can't afford a nick allegretti to go down we can't you know we can't have remmers go down i mean we'd be we may be in trouble if something like that happens but hey we are where we are we've had we get a little banged up hopefully you know we get rolling here and get a bye week coming and 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 get a little bit of rest and maybe you know, this week, maybe, maybe we can get the, maybe some of those starters off the field a little earlier with a nice big win against the Broncos. So we have some things coming. I think they'll help get the team healthy, but you know, I, I think it's, I think the credit goes to, to not just the players who are playing, but really to management for building a, a solid offensive line group that can play across the, the whole board. And they did all this, the O-line did, um, without Lucas Niang, a promising rookie who also uh, opted out. Uh, Joe, so Daniel Kilgore, uh, so experienced. You know, he started 13 games for the Miami Dolphins last season and then 39 games in seven years uh, with the 49ers. I gave that Kilgore-Wisniewski analogy. Do you think that works, or am I, am I taking that too far? And, and is Ryder still the better option if, if he's healthy? I mean, Kilgore looked really good against the yeah. Bills. I think I think you're spot on, Jeff. I think you are 100% accurate in that assessment. Is that they may have found someone um, that still had so much football left in them that is is right now possibly the better choice. You know, we'll see this week uh, against the Broncos who who Andy decides to start, and we'll see you know how it plays out for the rest of the season but i am i think you're 100% right i think this is a wisniewski situation where they found a diamond in the rough that a guy who had maybe he just wasn't fitting into the scheme you know of the dolphins and and the chiefs were lucky to get somebody and he fits perfectly into the scheme i think they i think some of the stats i heard they they very very few missed snaps with Patrick during the game. I mean, they really had the center quarterback exchange going, even with all that slog that they were playing in poor bills when, you know, when they were trying to make that comeback at the end and the rain started coming down, I was like, Oh man, this just is not their day. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you could see it on the television screen. You could see it on the flyover camera. 
uh, that it was just getting all fogged up and rainy and like, it was like, man, but in a game like that, that's a huge, huge factor is the center QB exchange because it can throw a quarterback's timing completely off if the ball's not getting to him the way that he expects it. I mean, it, it really is. Trust me. I'm no quarterback, but I know enough about the QB center exchange, you know, having done it for six years off and on playing center, it, it can really throw things off. It can really disrupt a, a quarterback's timing if he's not getting things the way he needs to get it. And um, another thing that Kilgore did absolutely perfectly, even given the horrible conditions they were playing in in Buffalo. There was one time where uh, Mahomes kind of had to jump on the ball because the, mm-hmm. the snap wasn't right. Or And a question to you, Joe, was that – could you tell if that was on Kilgore or on Mahomes on that, on that play? It, you know, here's the thing about bad snaps. The center will always tell you it's his fault, and the quarterback <laughs> will always tell you it's theirs. That is the number one unwritten rule of football as it relates to the quarterback-center exchange. It's always your fault. And every quarterback will always say, I should have had it. I should have done this. I mean, granted, unless the thing goes flying over somebody's head. Okay. Like, I mean, there's obviously going to be some that you're going to be like, ooh, that was the center's fault. Or if the uh-huh. quarterback, like, starts looking away, as the like in the shotgun, I've seen right. quarterbacks, they'll start to look, and then the ball will, like, hit them in the chest because they were took their eyes off of it for a second. And, you know, there are some that you know. But nine times out of ten – the quarterback's going to tell you it was his fault, and the center's going to tell you it was theirs. <laughs> so the Chiefs have uh, this great performance by Edwards Elair. Uh, I'm now going with Elair. I said Elair earlier, but apparently it's the heart. Or maybe we just call him Ceh. Maybe we call him. Uh, you said maybe we should make it one word. Uh, I've heard Clyde. I think we should. Start, I think after Clyde? that game, he might just be Clyde. Very right? Clyde. That'd be easier. Clyde. We could call Clyde. it. Prince, like a takeoff of uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the Prince that was. You know, there's multiple. Oh, options. that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I like Even it. With the, <laughs> the Philly themes. Um, so, Joe, um, CEH had this great game. Um, looks fantastic. And the Chiefs bring in Le'Veon Bell, which I think it's super smart. I mean, he was an exceptional player. If you have the space, why not? But where do the Chiefs go from here? What what do you see? What do you expect to see from Bell on Sunday against the Broncos and going forward? Well, I mean, it's it's really hard to learn a complicated system like Eric Bieniemy's offense. You you hear about how complex their offense is. Um, it's going to be it's going to be tough for maybe to digest that fast and get a whole lot of snaps. Um, but what I like most about this team is that Ceh is excited about it. Patrick's excited about it. The coaching staff is excited about it. And, and, and we've said this before. If there's an organization that we know of and a, co- a head coach and, and going all the way up to, to the top to the Hunt family and, you know, Brett Beach, obviously in between all of that, right, as a general manager, if there's an organization that can take somebody and make them part of something and sort of strip away all of the strange things that have happened to Le'Veon Bell over his career, it's the Chiefs organization that can accept him, bring him in, and that he will come into this organization feeling like he belongs. Um, And that's, I think that's a powerful thing. Their chemistry is so strong that it absorbs all of the, you know, the stuff that's out there 
and brings out the best in people. And I, and I think that's what, I think that's what this team is going to do with him. Um, how many snaps he gets, Jeff, that's, you know, that's, that's really, I'm, we should maybe do a little over under. Uh, I think, I think he gets maybe like five to eight snaps, I think in this game, just to, just because they're playing the Broncos, right. You might as well get him out there. Look, I mean, I don't want to you know, like coach Schottenheimer to this day, you know, 20 plus years later, I still always believe you don't throw your helmet out there and win games. They got to go out and win this game. The Broncos can be a dangerous team, but you know, let's be realistic. You know, they're, double-digit favorites. I mean, this could be the perfect game for him to get more snaps. So maybe it's 15 snaps since we're playing the Broncos and, you know, they might want to test him out, see how he, he gels with this line. It's going to be really interesting to see how, um, how he fits in and how they, uh, I just don't want it to take away from what, what, uh, what Clyde's doing. You know, I just, just don't want it to, he's rolling right now. And I just hope it's not, it doesn't have a negative impact. Um, that, that, that you would fear when you bring in a stud like Le'Veon Bell, you know, when things are going really, really well. It's so interesting. Bell goes from uh, probably the worst team in the league, the Jets, to uh, <laughs> arguably or probably the worst – or excuse me, the best team in the league with, with Chiefs and obviously a better atmosphere. I'm just so curious. You know, he was a fantastic player mm. for the Steelers, but then he – sat out a year and then he's been with New York, uh, you know, about a year and a quarter and it has not been good. And part of it, I'm sure is the, the Jets situation. He and Adam Gase didn't get along. They didn't seem to be using him right, but I mean, he was averaging 3.3 yards of carry, which is really, really bad behind any line. Um, just 28. Another interesting thing is Adam Gase that some of the running backs that he's had, um, kind of performed better after leaving him, including the Chiefs, the former mm-hmm. Chief he opted out this year, Damian Williams, Kenyon Drake, even Jay Ajayi was very good with the Dolphins, but then a Super Bowl winner for the Eagles. So I'm just so fascinated to see what he has left. He's only 28. I think he's going to be, have a lot to prove, but he's also, you know, had a lot of a lot of work, a lot of, you know, you wonder if maybe he's not the same back. I, Joe, I, this is the thing that I'm – most interested to see uh, this week for sure. And then the following week, it's actually a revenge game against the Jets. I am really curious to see what Le'Veon Bell looks like. Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. I didn't even really think about that um, because I'm so focused, you know, focused on what they did against the Bills, what they're going to do against the Broncos. I totally forgot that they're playing the Jets in a couple weeks. You know, now that you say that, that could be the game where they, where they, because look, they're, they are going to destroy the Jets, right? I mean, that's not even going to be close. So maybe that's the game where he, you know, they break him out and he gets 20 carries in the game and they rest uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, so he may, maybe he gets limited snaps this week just to test things out against the kind of poorly performing Broncos. Maybe it's next week we go with the over-under where it, it could be 20 snaps, yeah. right? He, he could get 20 carries for, for, for that, you know, kind of – uh, and, and give everybody a little bit of a rest and, and treat it like a bye week for for CEH. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the chemistry and the dynamics fit in. He's he's obviously he's got some incentives in his contract um, based on playing time that can you know almost almost double his his base salary if he gets a certain amount of snaps. Um, which you know, but he's already getting six million dollars from the Jets. They still have to pay him because of the uh, the timing. I mean. That that was to me. That was one of the signs that I was kind of concerned about. Like, if a team is willing to eat six million bucks 
and just cut someone is that what's that telling you you know what's that telling you so i, I you know the chiefs are going to have to do everything they can to make sure that he doesn't become a negative effect right you know and that there's no and that there's no negative effect and we can just wipe away all that stuff that happened in the past and and hopefully you know and I've, I've seen him talk i mean maybe this is you know maybe this is his his turning point maybe this is the, the moment when he realizes look if i'm going to have a long career there was wouldn't be a better organization than a couple of people i wouldn't want to play for or i'd, I'd want to play for like eric Bieniemy and and andy reed so you know fingers crossed that it, it turned out to to be a really good thing, but I know Andy will make it work. There, great point, Joe. There, there are some concerns, and uh, you know that an, another one. He, the team he had so much success with, uh, the Steelers, um, who are legit Super Bowl contenders. Uh, they have James Conner, who's who's uh, been good, but you know he's been uh, nicked up in the past. They could probably use another back, and they're they're like, we're not touching Bell even for cheap. Yeah. So that's some red uh, red flag. So you know there is a chance. It couldn't work, but, you know, they can always cut bait. And the other thing, too, is there's not a better situation to bring him in with the culture they've created and under Andy Reid and Mahomes. And I think they can take a chance on a guy who, who is a little bit of a question mark, might have some character issues mm-hmm. um, yeah. for him. So. I agree. Uh, well, moving forward now to the Broncos, br- uh, breaking down that matchup a little bit. Uh, you know, the Broncos have actually – They've been just decimated with injuries. Vaughn Miller, Jarrell Casey. I mean, this is a team that I actually thought had a uh, a playoff shot this year, but before all these injuries, and then there's, on the offense, there's Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, and and Drew Locke has uh, uh, it's it's just come back. Now they really impressively beat a Patriots team, kind of knocking me out of the uh, believe <laughs> survivor pool. I think I'm bitter about that. Um, so I actually – and Vic Fangio is a a great defensive mind. Yeah. So I really like the Chiefs in this one. I actually think the Broncos are going to keep it close, at least initially. I, I kind of see the Chiefs breaking it up, breaking it open, I should say, in the fourth quarter. But I think uh, the Broncos' defense, uh, you know, kind of keeps them locked down for uh, three quarters or so before the Chiefs break it open. How do you see it shaking out, Joe? Yeah, when I think about this team, I you know the injuries have obviously hurt them, and and there's it's it's hard to even compare them to last year. It's just like almost like a different team at this uh-huh. point, right? Um, when, the, the this team doesn't other than their safeties. I think they I think I think Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are fantastic. Uh, in the, in the middle of the field, um, I think they're tough. They're run stoppers. They're great at coverage. You know, they're highly rated players. I think I think they've that's like the shining spot of their defense. So, what I think, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy is going to do to expose this team is number one, they're, they're, they have to keep the running thing going because that's they've got to keep all the other teams down the line thinking about how do we stop the run and the pass, right? So they mm-hmm. can't let up the gas. That's my opinion. Right. They can't so let teams, up the gas on the run. Right, because right, teams had just moved everybody in coverage and, and the Chiefs weren't making them pay until the Bills game. It's like, a, it's you know, that's an oh boy moment, right? Like how do you, like now what, right? That, if I'm a defense coordinator and I'm watching that game against the Bills, and again, I'll, I'll bring up the weather again, right? It's bad weather, you know, oh, you know, you look at the forecast two or three days out and, and coaches do that, right? They do it. They start practicing with wet balls. They start, 
you know, doing things with the heavy footballs and, 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 they, and, and they try to simulate things they can do with the weather and start to think about their game plan as it relates to what, what's going to be happening. Cause it's, you know, it's tough to throw the ball in the rain. And, and so, you know, the, <laughs> now what, right? Like if, if, if the bad weather happens, they're going to just run the ball. If they have bad, good weather, they're going to run the ball. Patrick can throw the ball. He can run. Like, it's just, there's no, it's got to be giving defensive coordinators nightmares. It's got to be keeping them up at night, trying to think about how you stop this team. So back to the earlier point, I think the Chiefs have to keep pounding the football until it stops. Because the more they can do that, the it's more pressure it's going to put on every team that they have to play or has to play them. It's going to put more and more pressure on them down the line to figure out how to stop them. And it gives, you know, it gives, uh, gives the receivers a break right? It gives them a chance. It keeps the defense off the field. You know, the more you can run them, I mean, you look at that time of possession, not to go back to the Bills game again, but you look at the time of possession, they just destroyed the Bills in time of possession. That's huge for a defense to keep those guys fresh um, on our side of the ball. So I think, I think they keep pounding the run and I think they, they expose the middle of the field, stay away from Jackson and Simmons in, you know, in the deep part of the secondary and continue to work you know, the short crossing routes, use the speed going across the field. I, I'm also curious to see uh, Drew Locke, who, uh, the Broncos quarterback, who last year at the end of the year looked like he might be their guy, mm-hmm. though he didn't play great against the Chiefs. Um, an interesting story. He, he's a Kansas City native, went to Missouri. His dad was coached by Andy Reid when Andy Reid was at Missouri. Just crazy connections. Uh, so he was back last week, won the game, but didn't very play very well. Curious to see how he holds up against the, the Chiefs. So, Joe, what do you see? Do, do you see a Chiefs victory like myself, but that's kind of close with the Broncos opening up or do you just see a blowout or do you see a close game to the end? How, what's your prediction here? You know, Jeff, I keep going back to our conversation. Look, it's still the AFC West, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, remember what we thought when we, when we were faced with the Raiders and it was Raider week and, you know, I was making predictions, double digits. Right. Me too. You know, I don't want to get gun shy. I think, I think if I, I, I might, you know, when when you get, when you have a game like that on your on your uh, schedule where you 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 thought you were going to win big and Vegas thought you were winning big and 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 the team doesn't pull it out, you know, you get a little oh can whoa can this team really do it? I I I, I am gonna I'm gonna pull back on that fear and I'm gonna be bold and say that this you know this is a big win for the Chiefs. I think it's a you know not that every game is in a statement win, but I think it's just like a you know okay. It, we know it's a game we have to win. We know it's a game. We're not going to just, like I said, use the Marty term. We're not going to just throw our helmets out there and think we're going to win. We got to, we have to prepare. We have to get ready. But I think this is one of those, you know, 35 to 10 games, mm-hmm. you know, that's not really, if you're not a Chiefs fan, a whole lot of fun to watch, you know, maybe even for, maybe even unless you really enjoy watching a high powered offense, uh, or you just enjoy watching good football, which, you know, most people do. But I, I think it's going to be a relatively boring game for a lot of the outside the Chiefs family fans and not a great game for Broncos fans. I think it's going to be one of those 35 to 10 games where the Chiefs will actually be able to take their foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter and maybe even get, maybe even get some guys some rest. That's, yeah. that's what I think of this game, just, just the trajectory of where both of these teams are going right now. And maybe even give uh, Le'Veon some carries, some uh, kind of garbage time carries. Exactly. 
Exactly. Hey, well, that could very well be. Uh, Vegas always knows, and like we said, according to Bet Online, ten and a half point line is is a pretty big one. So that that tells you something. How about you, Jeff? What do you think? I mean, you want you want to you, you want to be bold, and we'll write our scores down, and we'll compare our notes. What do you sure, think? Sure. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go the other way. That I think that the um, again, I think it's close early, and then the Chiefs kind of uh, break it open in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I'll say, um, you know, like. Um, you know, thirty-three seventeen with okay. it being much closer. Um, you know, well, being like you know twenty-four twenty seventeen something like that, and just a uh, an explosion in the fourth. Oh, which has been the Chiefs' mo. Yeah, right. That's how I uh, see it. Uh, uh, the score going. Well, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.